0: Welcome back everyone, Jose Nino here with another episode of El Nino Speaks. Today I'm joined by Maxime Bernier, the founder and leader of the People's Party of Canada. How are you today, Maxime? Great, thank you very much for having me. Oh, uh, No problem, I'm absolutely delighted to chat with you today, Maxime. Now, most of my audience is probably not well acquainted with Canadian politics Could you give us a brief overview of your political journey?
1: Yes, absolutely, José. My name is Maxime Bernier. I'm the leader of the People's Party of Canada. That's a populist party, right-wing populist party in Canada. Before being the leader of the People's Party, I was elected at the federal level for the first time in 2006, and I was the minister under the Hopper government, the conservative government, from 2006 to 2015. And in 2016, I was one of the candidates to run for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. At that time, I didn't win with 49% of the vote, and the members elected Andrew Scheer. After maybe 13 months trying to convince Mr. Scheer and the establishment of the Conservative Party of Canada to be a real conservative party and have a real conservative uh, platform with uh, policies in line with our ideology. I wasn't able to succeed. So I decided in 2018 to create the People's Party of Canada. We started by 0% of the vote in 2018, the first election for us was in 2019 at the national Canadian election in 2019, and we had 1.6% of the vote. And at the second election for us, the last election, last September here in Canada, September 2021, we were able to have 5% of the vote. And now we're supposed to be around 8 and 9% in the polls. And so this uh, populist party is growing and the next election in Canada may be only in three years. And for us, this is a good news because we will have more time to be ready for the next general election. I was not able to be elected at the last general election. We will run a full slate of candidates. So 338 candidates at the next general election. And our goal is to be able to be in parliament. But yeah, with the uh, parliamentary system, I believe that next time we'll be able to have a real freedom voice in parliament. Some candidates, some PPC candidates, I believe will be able to be elected. But we are growing this party step by step from 0%, 1.6%, 5%, and now around 8 and 10% in the polls in Canada. And uh, you know we are arguing for a smaller government in Ottawa that will respect our constitution, that will respect taxpayers, and we created that party based on four principles: individual freedom, personal responsibility, fairness, and respect. And all our policies are in line with these uh, principles. So that's why you know I believe that we will have a great future as the only populist party in Canada.
0: So I've picked up on a common trend in the West of ostensibly conservative parties being out of touch with their constituents and usually betraying them when push comes to shove. And that's why you see the emergence of populist parties like your own come in and offer like an alternative. And your case, as you mentioned, you were a member of the parliament and. Have served as a cabinet minister in the Harper government under the Conservative Party banner. What issues prompted you to leave the Conservative Party and form the PPC?
1: Yes, when I left the party, I said that the Conservative Party of Canada is intellectually and morally corrupt. And I was right at that time, and I'm still right, because they're only conservative in name. So They are doing politics by pandering to every special interest groups and they try to please everybody. They believe in a big, fat government in Ottawa that will spend money that we don't have, create deficits. And I believe in a fiscally responsible government. I believe that uh, people must have the right to do what they want to do with their life. And that's why I decided that identity politics that the Conservative Party of Canada and also these uh, other political parties in Canada are doing, that's not what I believe in. For us, we don't do any pandering to any special interest group. We are doing politics for Canadians and for all Canadians, and we are putting our country first. We are defending the sovereignty of our country. I think it's uh, very important to do that. For the Conservative Party, when I left, they were about the same, like the Liberal Party in Canada. Their platform was for big government, more taxes, more deficits, more debt, without any conviction. They're doing politics based on survey and polling, and so they, they don't have the courage of their conviction. I must say that the Conservatives don't have any conviction. So that's why I said, you know, we need to have a party that will be based on principles, doing politics differently, and saying the right things. And, you know, we know that it may not be popular, but if you have the right ideas, you just have to speak about it openly with passion and conviction, and you'll have more and more support. One of our big platforms at the last general election was Freedom. I was and I'm still the only national uh, leader against all these uh, draconian mandates, vaccine passport uh, mandates, curfew, stay-at-home orders. I did a lot of rallies before the last election and during the election outside. And all these uh, draconian measures did not respect our constitutions and our charter of rights. But the conservatives, the liberals, the NDPs, and uh, these establishment politicians were on the same side. More draconian measures, more restrictions. So if you believe in people, if you believe in uh, their rights and freedoms, you must not promote policies that are doing the opposite. So that was very important in the last general election. And the first election in in 2019, we did a campaign... uh, almost on immigration. We are the only party in Canada that is arguing for fewer immigrants, sustainable immigration, not mass immigration like what we have in Canada right now. Actually, the Liberal government just decided two weeks ago that the goal is to have 450,000 newcomers every year. And don't forget in Canada, we are 38 million people so 450,000 immigrants a year, it is mass immigration. So we need to stop that. We need to have sustainable immigration. We need to be sure that the people that will come here will share our values, freedom, respect, fairness, our charter of rights. We need to be sure that people who are coming here also will be able to work in Canada. We need to have more economic immigrants are people that are coming here because an entrepreneur was not able to find a Canadian for that job. So we need to do a big reform in immigration. But for the conservatives, for the liberals, they're the same. It's always more and more and more immigrants. We're not anti-immigration. We are for sustainable immigration. And we don't believe that we are able to, at 450,000 a year, newcomers, that we are able to integrate them in our society.
0: So it's very clear the PPC offers an anti-establishment platform. And what would you say are the top three issues that you guys are focused on at the moment to differentiate yourselves from conservatives and just every other party?
1: If you read our platform, you can go on our website, people'spartyofcanada.ca, and it's a very comprehensive platform. It's not slogans. We uh, we have a strong platform on the most important issues for the country. Yes, immigration, a smaller government Ottawa, balancing the budget. For us, balancing the budget, it's not a slogan or, or a buzzword. It is a reality. We are saying to Canadians how we will do that by cutting spending, cutting foreign aid, we will give money only when there's a natural disaster or economic disaster in other country. But Canada must not be there to build roads in Africa or fight climate change in Africa. So we need to cut the foreign aid. We need to cut also all the funding that the federal government is giving to the media because in Canada now, our mainstream media are not independent. They are dependent on the government for their survival. The Trudeau government is giving a lot of money to the media. We want the media to be independent. So we are telling Canadians where we can cut to be able to balance the budget in four years. So I can speak about also the equalization formula. It's a formula in our constitution where poor provinces received money from rich provinces But the formula is unfair for Western provinces in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. We need to change that formula to be fair for every province. And we are the only one that is speaking about that. I think it's an important issue for Western Canadians because if you look in Alberta, there's about 30% of the population that are looking to separate from Canada because they're upset about what is happening in Ottawa. And these establishment political parties don't speak about that. So same thing for pipelines. You know, it's not popular to speak about building pipelines in this country. The green and radical environmentalists are very powerful. So we are saying we need to build pipeline in this country. It would be important for the economic growth of our country but also we know that it's safer to transport oil and gas by pipelines than by train or by trucks. So our platform is based on real issues that we need to tackle and to solve to be sure that this country will be free and
0: prosperous in the future. So most uh, Americans on the right, including myself, were watching The freedom convoy protests over the Trudeau government's COVID-19 policies with great interest. And in my view, the government's response to them was pretty heavy-handed and represented like a low point for a self-styled liberal democracy, if you will. What was your perspective on the Trudeau government's response and what does it say about the state of civil liberties in Canada?
1: First. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right that these uh, draconian measures were authoritarian and not respecting our rights and freedoms. So as you may know, I was arrested in Manitoba and put handcuffed and put in jail for 12 hours because I did a rally outside in a park. And so I don't recognize our country anymore. And during these uh, rallies, we uh, had more and more people that came and said, you know, people from the left, people from the right that are saying, that's not my country. I want to be free. I'm responsible of my own life. I want to do what I need to do as a person for myself. And now the government is not allowing me to do that. Actually, we still have a mandate mask in, in Quebec, in Montreal, in Canada supposed to be until the end of this month. We are the only place in North America right now that uh, has a mask mandate. And actually, we are the only country where I cannot travel by plane or by train across the country in my own country because I didn't take the two jabs. (laughs) And that's illegal, immoral, and unconstitutional. And I'm fighting that. I'll be in the court this September, because it is my constitutional right to be able to travel across the country. And now I cannot do that by plane or by train. And I cannot also leave my country because I'm not double vax. So I'm a prisoner in my own country and I'm not alone. There are about maybe 15% of the population that decided not to be vaccinated. And we must respect that. But we are not. And we're not in an emergency, health emergency anymore in our country. So all these draconian measures were hurting Canadians and we still have some in force right now. That's a shame. So yes, I was the only one, the only national politicians against that. And I believe that we have more and more people on our side now. So we'll see but we cannot take for granted our rights in Canada anymore.
0: I wanted to go back to the immigration question because this is a pretty controversial issue across the West. And there's a perception in the US that Canada has a point-based immigration system on paper, but with everything the government promotes the devil is always in the details from what i've broadly researched canada appears to have a very generous refugee system in your view what would you say are the principal flaws of canada's current migratory system
1: yes you're right we have a, an open borders policy right now and actually i believe that you know we cannot save the world and yes We accept a lot of refugees, and that's a cost also for the government and for the society. I'm not against accepting refugees, but they must come and follow the rules. Right now, they are not. People are crossing non-official border at the Roxham Road in my own province in Quebec, and they can come and they can stay in our country and asked to become a refugee. I don't believe that uh, we are helping the right people. We need to help people that are waiting in a camp somewhere and where their life is in danger. Now people who are crossing our country are people coming from the state of New York with their Gucci, and just because they want to be Canadians. And I think that's unfair. They are jumping the queue. And we must stop that. We, first of all, we must be sure that um, people will respect our borders. And if they want to come, they must cross the border at the official point of entry. But they don't do that because if they're doing that and they're coming from a safe country like in the U.S., they will have to return to the U.S., But now there's a loophole in the agreement that we signed with the uh, U.S., and if they cross a non-official point of entry, they can come to our country and ask to be considered as a refugee. So that's why we need to close that and being sure that everybody will respect our borders. And second, we must help the real refugees where their life is in danger. So that's our proposal on that. And on immigration, our proposal is to have fewer immigrants, more economic immigrants, and fewer people coming on the reunification of family. You know, if you decide to come to Canada, to work to Canada, that's your own decision. And yes, it's a very important decision in the life of a person to come to a new country and work in a new country. But if you want to have your parents or your sisters or brothers with you, they must come under the same condition. If they have a job in Canada, and they must be able to come. But now, you know, the Trudeau government and the conservative are accepting more people on the reunification of family. So if you're a newcomer that is in Canada, you can have your family that will come with you. That's a huge cost for the society. And we need to have people that would be able to work in Canada and participate in the society as soon as possible. So that's why we want to have fewer people coming under the reunification of family and more economic immigrants, a person that will come here because that person will have a job. Because we, as a society, we are not able to find any Canadians to fill up that job. So that's a, a very reasonable proposal. And actually, if you look per capita, our country is accepting more immigrants than the U.S. and other European countries. So we need to lower the number of immigrants that we are receiving every year to have a sustainable immigration policy.
0: Okay, there you have it. Maxime Bernier, everyone. Maxime, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Where can my audience follow you and your party's work?
1: Yes, Jose, thank you very much for giving me that opportunity to speak with you. And people can follow me on Twitter, uh, Maxime Bernier. They can follow me on YouTube, on Rumble, and on social media. They can also follow the party, the People's Party of Canada. That's our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. People's Party of Canada on Rumble and other social media. Instagram also, I'm on Instagram, Maxime Bernier. So thank you very much. And I appreciate that you gave me that opportunity to speak to your um, viewers.
0: And to my audience, thank you again for tuning in. And with that, El Nino has spoken.